You know, I, I, I listened very keenly today to what was being said in our songs, and the worship was very good. I appreciate the worship. You know, uh, Chantel mentioned that um, we exist to worship God. We exist to worship God. Well, you know, worshiping God is more than singing songs. You realize that. It's much more than singing songs. We worship God in how we live, how we conduct our lives. That is a worship to God also. Can you agree with me on that? Okay. We sang a song, you know, that song, Pour Out Your Water. The song was, I am yours, you are mine. I like that song. And one of the verses, uh, pour out your wine, I am your candle, you make me shine. And, you know, it, that's, that, that's such a truth because we shine. We, are to sh- we, we, we shine by the, because of the Holy Spirit within us. Okay? It, the shine comes within, not from outside. And then uh, Monique mentioned that she heard someone talk about something about how we miss the obvious, the obvious um, message of the gospel. The obvious message of the gospel. And, and that's true. Sometimes we miss the obvious <coughs> and we look for the lofty. We want the high things. We want the things that are very hard to understand, yet the things that are basic, we overlook and we forget about. Uh, and I like that. People ask me, they say, Frank, why don't you talk, why don't you preach more about the book of the Revelation? Well, the book of the Revelation is a wonderful book, and there's a blessing in reading it and studying it. But the fact is, I don't believe any, anybody really understands all of the book of the Revelation yet. Okay? And, and what's going to happen in the end times is going to happen whether you believe it or not. And if you're serving God... Day by day by day, what's going to happen is going to happen, and you'll be involved in it. And you'll be all right, because you're serving God. But we have, we have a tendency to miss the obvious. Put the overhead, my... Okay, there we go. The um, uh, relationship problems. How many of you will honestly say... Now, when I say about relationship problems, I'm talking about you having a problem with a buddy... At school, or someone at school, uh, you have a problem with a relative, you have a problem with a friend, you have a problem with your spouse, you know, you have a problem with people, with certain people. How many of you could say you honestly had a rela- someone at work, you had a problem, you had a relationship problem within the last six months? You not? I see some hands are not up. You've not had a relationship problem. You've not had a waitress bother you. You've not had no relationship problems. Okay. Some of you are, I, I really question that. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to talk about something that has to do with relationship problems. It's called making it work. Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about a facet of marriage. Marriage. But this has much more to do than marriage. Um, this has to do with this relationship problems. But I'm going to center this on marriage today. Now, I understand the Green Bay Packers kick off at what time? At noon. So I'm going to be like the, t- the, like the rooster that says to the hen, just lay it on the, on the line and let's get out of here. 
So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to lay it on the line. Then we're going to go in back because, listen, I, I look back there. I peeked. There's some really, really good-looking carbohydrates. Hey, kids, why don't you do something? Why don't you wait until the adults go first once? <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see if you have restraint. Because I noticed the kids right away, as soon as I say "man," bing, they dash. Today, wait. Okay? So, because I noticed they're really good back there. <laughs> and uh, Mark Holdman wants to get one himself. So, before I pray, I want to I uh, read some scriptures here. This is concerning us. God creating us. And you may not realize this, but God had his hand in creating you. In Isaiah 44, verse 24, it says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb, etc., etc., etc. Who formed you. God's taken credit for part of your formation in the womb. Now listen to the confession of the psalmist. In Psalm 139, verse 13, he says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, I know how babies are born. And I know a little bit about RNA and DNA. But here's my point. God, the creator of heaven and earth, had a hand in making you. Making you an individual. He had a hand in in wiring who you are, your temperament, your temperament, your wiring to be who you are. And then after you're born again, he gives you the ability to do his will. Why? To fulfill his will. He gives you the ability to fulfill his will. God had a hand in in making you who you are. If you're an introvert, that's who you are. If you're an extrovert, that's who you are. It's part part of your wiring, just who you are. And God had his hand in this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit who makes your word come alive to be food for our soul. God, I pray that everyone here would leave with a greater understanding of who you are in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So yesterday, we, I celebrated um, the, the, uh, the biblical holiday of, of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, but I, we celebrated it in, in, a, in a way, understanding that, that, that as believers, we have Yom Kippur, we have atonement, 365 days a year. So it was celebrated differently, and I enjoyed it. We, we, had, a, we had a whole crowd, almost all, most of the seats were taken, and it was a very good thing, uh, very good. But I want you to picture something. I want you to picture something. Um, Mark... Help me with this, okay? Picture this. You're at a fancy, high-end restaurant. And for eating utensils, wrapped in a napkin, you only get this. So come here, Mark, please. Okay? So you're at a very high-end restaurant with your wife. And you're going to pay a lot of money. And you get these utensils. 
to eat with because you ordered healthy food. You ordered steak. You ordered green beans. Mm-hmm, you have soup. You have you have um, salad, and you have you have um, water. Right. Okay. Good. Because healthy food. And so these are the utensils that you get to eat with. So open it up. Go no, open it up. Okay. You have two knives. Okay. What would you think? Uh, Come on, you're in a restaurant. Uh, I expected something much better and different. Why? Because of where I am. Well, well you have two knives. Uh, one is for one purpose, and the other instrument that I don't have is for the other purpose. Right. So you would say you don't need two knives, right? Correct. What, what do you need instead of that? One knife, one fork. And maybe a spoon, too. Maybe even a spoon. Okay, but a knife and a fork for sure, right? Yes. Because you don't need two knives. That's right. Right? That's right. Okay, thank you. I knew Mark would say that. I knew Mark would say that. Single adults. I want to talk to you single adults first of all. How many of you someday would want to marry someone exactly like you? Think about that. Someone who had the same strengths and the same weaknesses as you have. How would you like to marry someone just like you? How would you like that? No, huh? No? No, no. Maybe with some same interests, but not someone just like you. You have problems when a slob marries another slob, you have a really messy house. One of you is a slob, and one of you usually picks up after the other. Guess which one is usually the slob? The guy. I came to realize that. My wife was out of town for a while, and I said, man, my house is messy. Man, there's dishes all over the place. How'd that happen? I, the, the kids aren't there. No one, look, some of you are laughing. Some, some of the kids aren't there. I got, it's only me. Look at the floor. My goodness, I need a sweet, I'm a slob. I can't believe this. You know, I looked, socks over here, you know, socks over there. I could hang my shirt up, you know. It's interesting. When you have one person who's a real talker, they have a tendency to marry someone who's a listener. Because what happens if you have two talkers? Nobody listens. Okay, married folks. How many of you have married someone exactly like you? Would you please stand up? Yeah. Yeah, you may think they're like you when, you when you're first getting married, but then you find out later, oh, they're not like me. 
we got a lot of differences. You know, science teaches that seven out of ten couples really marry someone completely different than them. You say, well, Frank, um, what, when you have couples that are married and you're really different, do you think you have problems? Yeah. How about couples that are very similar? Do you think you have problems? Yeah. Different kind of problems, that's all. Problems. Here lies the problem. You married someone really different than you. That's the problem. But how many of you could say praise God for that? Come on. You got a problem, but praise God. But you got a problem, but praise God. There lies the difficulty in marriage. The end. I remember, <laughs> I remember years ago, someone said to me, Frank, what's with marriage today? The divorce rate didn't used to be as high as it is today. Why can't people be happily married like in the old days? And I didn't give them an answer. But later I thought about what they said and I thought, what old days are they talking about? Were couples in the old days really more happily married just because they stayed married? Does that mean they were happy? Was he referring to the man being happy or was he referring to the woman being happy? You know, most of the time when I well, do marriage counseling, I'll talk to the guy and say, how are things, how are things going? He says, ah, going pretty good. When I talk to the wife, they say, you're not so good. They have different aspects. on, on And one of the reasons is, you know, Men are very hesitant on putting their laundry on the line. You know what I mean? Airing their laundry. You know, statistics from the 2009 United States Census Bureau tells us this. Men and women are getting married later in life. From the 1950s, the average age for marriage rose from 23 to 28. People are getting married later in life. Is that good or bad? I don't know. It's just what it is. In 2009, the average length of marriage for those seeking a divorce was eight years. That's sick. And second marriages usually last about, for the most part, unless there's a, a watershed um, happening in their, in their thinking, uh, lasts about ten years before they wind up in court. Nearly one out of two marriages will fail within 20 years and wind up in court. And the sad thing is, that same statistic also includes those within the body of Christ. But does it have to be? And I tell you, no, no, no. You know, we miss the obvious. And I want to talk about the obvious. In, first, in Colossians 1, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God. He is referring to whom? Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him 
and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. All things hold together. All things hold together. Now, I know the context of this means. The word who became flesh, that's Jesus, sustains or supports all things, not just the earth, not only its rocks, mountains, seas, animals, and human beings, but everything that God created in the universe. And when it comes to the body of Christ, the church, he created it, and he can hold it together. Now that's what it is, and that's what it means in context. Now consider this. Just consider this. Who created the concept of marriage? It was God. Consider this. Did God give rocks and mountains a free will? Come on. No. Do you think a monkey and a human being have the same kind of free will? Now, because of our free will, and apart from the will of God, things, even marriage, have the propensity to fall apart. But in Christ, all things, even marriage, can be held together and even become magnificent to the glory of God. I believe that with all my heart. Well, Frank, how can Jesus... How can Jesus hold my marriage together? How does this, how can this work? My husband and I are both born again. We go to church pretty regularly, but we're falling apart. How can he hold, hold us together? Well, for those outside the body of Christ, they're on their own. And I hope they find some good counselor to help them out. And... Most of them aren't successful. But for the believer, it's mainly through something supernatural. Something supernatural that only Christians have that can keep them together. And they, where they can have a great, great marriage. And that is through the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. You say... What's the fruit of the Spirit? What are you talking about? Well, it's what the Holy Spirit produces in the life of a believer so he or she can manifest God to others, Christ in them to others. It's the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, it's, it's not an ordinary love. It's, it's not an ordinary love. This is a type of a love that it's, the, it's a love that only it's, it's a love that only God can love. And people can have this type of a love. It's, an, it's called agape love. And it's a type of love, how God loves us and how we can love others. Love, joy, peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's a supernatural love. Joy, supernatural joy, peace. It's a supernatural peace, patience, for people that have a short fuse, through the Holy Spirit, you could have a longer fuse, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Now, this is the fruit of the Spirit that only believers, only those within the body of Christ have. If you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, the fruit of the Spirit is there waiting to manifest. You say, well, how do I, how do I get that? How do I, how do I really manifest? How do I get the fruit of the Spirit? I know I have Christ within me, but how do I get it? Well, let me answer a question with a question. What is the fruit of a pear tree? A pear, right? No? Yeah. Can a pear be produced apart from a pear tree? In the same way, the fruit of the Spirit cannot be produced apart from the Spirit of God. This is pretty obvious, isn't it? Now, if a pear tree is under, undernourished to the point of barely staying alive, do you think it's going to produce uh, luscious, juicy pears? I mean, this pear tree's on the verge of death, so undernourished. Is it going to produce good fruit? No, if any fruit at all. In the same way, if you're barely in relationship with the Spirit, you can't expect to bear the fruit of the Spirit in your life. In other words, you can't play at being a Christian and expect to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Now, I'm not saying you folks play being a Christian. I'm saying other people. I wouldn't accuse you of doing this No. Not people in this church. You know, when I, uh, when I talk to clergy, if I should counsel someone in the clergy, um, I don't tell them that I'm going to be counseling them. I just say, well, we'll just, um, I'll coach you. And, and I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, listen, let me ask you, you and your wife, something. If you were manifesting more of the fruit of spirit in your life, how many of these many arguments that you've come to me about, how many of these would you really have? And they go, and eh, not too many. And I say, okay, there lies the remedy. Instead of solving each one of these little problems together, let me coach you in, again, manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. And then those problems, they just kind of vanish. Does it work? Absolutely. Absolutely. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. When you show the fruit of the Spirit, you are showing other people, including those in your home, that you are a disciple. Understand that when you produce the fruit of the Spirit, 
not only will you be honoring and glorifying God, not only will you be giving evidence of being a disciple of Christ, you will have a better marriage. You'll have better relationships. And that all glorifies God. All glorifies God. So I want you to think about something. First, I'll talk to the married people. How many arguments would you have with your spouse if you were more Christ-like? Come on. Single people. Relationship problems with other people. If you were more Christ-like, how many relationship problems would you have? How many of you think it might be beneficial to your marriage, your relationships, if you would manifest more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Oh, yeah. Everybody would say yes. But you're so quiet. The fruit of the Spirit. You know, my wife can tell when I need to go away and fast and pray and just be alone with, with Jesus. She can tell. Just like a lot of you wives can tell. You know, I'm not a patient man. But by the fruit of the Spirit, I, I, I've got some patience. You know? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm who I am. God wired me a certain way. But through the gifts of the Spirit, I'm a whole lot more pleasant. That's true. And I come home sometimes, I come home crabby, or I come home uh, just not real loving. I'm impatient. Um, I'm not kind sometimes, you know. I'm so unkind that my wife had to ball me out. Some, you know, I'm to the age that young gals open the door for me. <laughs> I purposely won't even walk through those doors. I'll open my own door. And my wife, and we were at Coles, and she saw me doing that. She, she looked at me, and she said, you walk through that door. If they want to open the door for you, you walk through it. I said, I don't want to. She says, that's not kind. You be kind. True that? Now, open the door for me. I walk through. I humbly say to that 25-year-old girl, I say, Thank you. And I walk on, you know. Uh. I believe if we manifest the fruit of the Spirit in our lives more, we'll be easier to get along with in our relationships, in all relationships. You draw close to God, He will draw close to you. You spend time with the Lord in prayer. I mean praying, getting close to God, praying, reading His Word. I mean spending time. You watch how your countenance changes. I've watched some of you. You're in the parking lot and you're coming in the church, you're kind of grumpy. I can see your expressions. And then we worship God. We worship and all of a sudden, your countenance changes, and you're more pleasant, easier to be around. 
and you're manifesting a degree of the fruit of the Spirit. How you think is how you feel is how you do. You get your thinking right, remembering your relationship with Jesus Christ. And the fact that the Holy Spirit, the second, the, the third part of the, of the Trinity, resides within you. There's changes. And to the glory of God, we have to, we have to allow the Spirit of God to manifest via our actions. And so we draw close to God because, first of all, we want to draw close to God. But as a result of drawing close to God, the fruit of the Spirit will manifest in your life. It will. How sure are you? I'm very sure. You draw close to God. And watch what happens. You're easier to live with. You're a better husband. You're a better wife. You're a better child to your mom and dad. You're, you're, a, you're a better friend. You're easier to get along with. All to the glory of God. And when you're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you're, you're, showing, you're showing others that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, what did I just do? I just gave you marriage counseling. I gave you not only marriage counseling, I gave you relationship counseling. It's something very obvious, but we forget this. Churches who are really pressing into the things of God, there's not a lot of bickering in between them. You know, There's not a lot of that. But churches who become very secular in the sense of not drawing close to God, nothing but relationship problems. Nothing but relationship problems. And what's the key to getting things right? The Holy Spirit within. Draw close to God. Manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for my friends here. And God, I pray for the obvious. They know that your spirit resides within them. But God, in those times when they, they tend to uh, not be so relational to others, God, I pray that they would remember that you reside in them. They would pull back and draw close to you so they can manifest your glory, your glory. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful, wonderful gift the gift that you dwell within each believer so we can glorify you and do your will. Thank you for the power you've given us to accomplish this through the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all said? Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you a lot.